I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. It is Amber Lee here, your spiritual BFF, founder of the Shocker Girl Co. And today is a super effing cool episode. We are interviewing Jordan Bach, our first male ever on the show. He is a life coach, a motivational speaker, blogger, certified yoga and meditation teacher. He has literally been recognized as one of the most influential teachers on the contemporary spiritual scene. He's kind of the who's who in the zoo. He's very cool on the spiritual scene and he's also super good looking. Um, Isn't it kind of funny how women can say that, but if a guy said that, it'd be super creepy. Double standards, you know, it is what it is. So we're talking about why you need to start taking cold effing showers. Oh God. Um, Listening to the metaphysical guidance, how to stay sane and grounded during a breakup or a dark time. And we're talking about making magic mushrooms spiritual. Have you dabbled? I haven't yet, but I think I might. You got to listen to find out why. So I'm heading out for a trip. So when you guys listen to this, I'll actually be in New York. So if you aren't following me on Instagram, what are you doing with your life? Go follow the Shocker Girl Co. now and keep up with my shenanigans. I'm really good at Instagramming while I'm away. Um, so going away with my husband, a much needed trip. Um, And I talked about before how he manifested winning tickets to a cryptocurrency conference and Snoop Dogg is performing. My husband is a manifesting machine. So he'll be doing that. I'll be meeting one of my girlfriends for drinks. So there'll be lots of things that you guys will want to watch. Just go follow me. Come on. Um, Okay, let's get into the chakra tip of the day. 
solar plexus recharge. And I've talked about this before, you guys. I talk about the solar plexus a lot, which is funny because I always thought my solar plexus was good, but people were always asking me questions about the solar plexus. So I always talk about it a lot on the pod. But turns out I had an accidental Reiki session. Um, I went to this thing. I thought it was just going to be cosmetic acupuncture to get rid of the bags under my eyes. She ended up being a Reiki er, Reiki er. I'm sure there's a way. Reiki practitioner. I bet that's probably how you say it. Um, and she was like telling me that my, I was like, I think my solar plexus is overactive. Like I have so much energy and I'm like, you know, doing so much and not resting. And she's like, girl, your solar plexus is depleted. Um, the energy is gone. And she basically said that when you are working really hard, it's very common for your solar plexus to obviously get depleted. The energy gets depleted. So the solar plexus is the the chakra right below your rib cage, FYI. And that's where your um, your motivation and your determination and your drive and your confidence and your spark. You know that like je ne sais quoi um, that makes people interesting? That's kind of where that lives. Um, so I don't know, guys, have I been uninteresting? I don't know. She said my solar plexus was depleted, but she said what happens is that when that, when you get depleted, it sometimes can fill up with fluid and it can make you gain weight. It can lower your libido and it can, you're basically like running on adrenaline. And I guess that's what's going on with me. So I really have been focusing on, um, the self-care doing all the things, um, you know, not just the surface things like getting my nails done, but also just taking breaks and so many other just like little things throughout the day to recharge. Imagine we recharged our bodies as often as we recharged our phones. Imagine, imagine we were like, oh my God, I only have 20%. I'm in the red. And then we panicked to like find a break and recharge. No, we just do that with our goddamn iPhones. So plug yourself in, recharge, fill up that solar plexus and get your mojo back. Okay. Let's talk to Jordan. You guys are going to love this freaking episode. Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to Chakra Girl Radio. We are here today with our first male guest ever, Jordan Bach. He is a life coach, motivational speaker, blogger, and certified yoga and meditation teacher. Like, hello, that's amazing. He has been recognized as one of the most influential teachers on the contemporary spiritual scene. And I will say he is one of the first people, definitely one of the first guys I ever started following when I started my spiritual journey. And I just love the lightness and the connection that he brings to his audience. Jordan believes that we're not here to be perfect. We are human. It's our humanness that heals, not our perfection. So welcome to the show, Jordan. Thanks for having me. First man. I'm honored. First man. I know. Like you were top of the pick. Had to have you. I'm honored. I'm really honored. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. So let's get into our slumber party questions. We can get to know the real Jordan. What is your daily practice? My daily practice is very simple, but it varies. Um, It's simple in that I commit to the light every single day. And when I coach people, I I encourage them to do that as well. 
to make a commitment to the light. And for me right now, that looks like waking up, uh, having deep breathing exercise, um, a little meditation and a cold shower. And those things, I think with any, any daily practice that you have, you have to find things that don't drain you mm-hmm. and that actually give you life force energy. And so if everyone were to follow the same exact daily practice, it wouldn't necessarily be a good thing because, you know, someone else's daily practice may drain me. My daily practice may drain someone else. So it's really about experimenting and finding what works for you and what truly gives you energy rather than taking it away. So true. And I feel like so many people are like, I have to meditate or I have to do this. Like if you, if you go into something feeling like you have to do it, you're not going to get the benefits. Yeah, it should be something that always makes you feel better afterward. Totally. Um, Tell us about the cold shower. So do you do the full cold shower? Like, do you turn the warm on ever or just the cold? So this is the most popular question, which is, you know, do you do it the whole time? Yeah. And the answer is no. Okay. Um, I'm a huge proponent of cold showers because they make me feel calm, relaxed, focused. Um, I don't do it to self-flagellate you know to to hurt my to discipline myself because we sometimes have an image of cold showers being like a military thing Mm. or a -hmm. poverty thing so it's it's not about you know disciplining yourself so much that's not why i do it i do it because when i get out of the cold shower i feel so good i start the shower warm so i can wash the hair product out of my hair right Uh, because cold cold water isn't great uh, cleanser. But once I've, I've cleaned my, my head and my face and my body, I look forward to the cold because I know that the colder and longer I do it, the calmer uh, and happier I'll feel when I get out. So anyone listening, just take a shot at at least turning the water cold for, you know, 10 seconds at the end of your shower. Um, yeah. And and if you're, you know, if you freak out and your muscles tense up when you go cold, it's because your nervous system isn't toned. And going cold over time tones your nervous system. Your body reacts to the shock mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, strengthens, it strengthens the nervous system. So okay. try, it, try it for a few seconds at the end of a, of a hot shower and just see how you feel. Yeah. And so I always, so I, I kind of always do, but I I like the idea of like starting off, not that cold and then like making it colder and kind of like building up to it. I love that idea. Yeah. It's great. And beauty tip. It also closes your hair follicles and makes it shinier. So there you go. And (laughs) and if you do like alternating from like hot to cold to hot to cold, uh, you'll get out and your skin will look so great. Okay. Like a rosy glow. So it's one, it's also 100% a beauty tip. And if you ever have like a cold plunge pool at the spa yeah. or somewhere you go, go in the cold plunge pool. This cold water therapy also helps yeah. burn, burn fat. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. We'll be yeah. doing that. I mean, that's why, that's why they have cool sculpting. Oh um, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it, it also helps. It helps your body release the fat. Okay, all the beauty tips from the male guest. I love it. I'm wow. I meant more where that came from. <laughs> more where that came from. I love it. <laughs> okay, so what is your go-to crystal or essential oil? Is that a part of your practice at all? 
Yeah, I, I'm wearing right now a tiger's eye bracelet. Oh, love. From my, my favorite crystal jeweler, Satya, S-A-T-Y-A. Her stuff is so beautiful. Uh, I love tiger's eye as a, as a stone for leadership. Yes. So whenever I do an interview like this, I, I, I try to put on my tiger's eye. Amazing. And I also love rose quartz as a pink heart opening stone. You know, this era that we're in is the, um, the era of the fourth chakra, which is your heart. Mm-hmm. And rose quartz opens your heart. Mm, and I want to talk, talk to you more about that as we mm-hmm. go through talking about like the like tapping into the divine feminine and like the space that we're in right now. And I'm, I want to get the male perspective. So we'll definitely be digging into that as well. Cool. So what would you say is your worst habit? My worst habit? Um, let's see. My worst habit? Well... I, I, gosh, my worst habit, maybe like, I swear. Oh, okay. That is so welcome here. We love that. Yeah. I, I, I honestly try not to, but sometimes it just bubbles up and comes out. You just have to say it. Um, yeah. But I've, I try not to, because someone left a comment on a YouTube video I did once and said, wow, this whole YouTube video, it would be so perfect for me to show to my classroom mm. of middle schoolers. And now I can't because you, you cursed. Oh and I my thought, gosh. well, practically speaking, yeah, it does. Uh, it, it, some, yeah, it can, it can really alienate some people. So I, it, I try not to, but in private conversation, I'm a sailor. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're, you're safe with us. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and I was going to say, I've, I've heard like sp- different like spiritual views on swearing. Some people saying, oh, it's like a great release and you should be doing it. And then some people saying that the vibrations of the words are like not good. And I don't know. I'm, I, get, I feel like it's just whatever you believe, like whatever it makes you feel, you just do it. Yeah. It's, it's like it, it has to, your language has to fit the moment, you know? Yeah. So that a conversation I have with my best friend at the dinner table with no one listening the language I use is going to be different than the language I have when I'm, you know, giving a talk Yeah, or, exactly. or, or you know, so it's whatever, go with the flow. Yeah. Play to your the, audience. Go with the flow. Yeah. Okay. So this question is kind of similar, but kind of not, but what is your guilty pleasure that you think good spiritual people don't do? Ooh, that's a really good question because I really believe that there's an idea of what a spiritual person looks like and talks yes. like and, and this is an era, certain, certainly, I want to be part of bringing in an era where spiritual people are just, are, are real. Yeah. Um, and they're speaking truthfully about true things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that, you know, isn't, you can be a spiritual person in yoga pants, in leather pants, or in no pants at yeah. all. <laughs> I, I believe that. I'm and, the most spiritual of no pants on, for sure. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I would say, I mean, my guilty pleasure that good spiritual people don't do. Oh, well, I love pop culture, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it's it helps you plug into the zeitgeist. It yes. helps you plug into the what's happening in the world to, to, to watch popular culture. Yeah. Uh, it, 
it's one thing to identify so closely with it that it, it becomes a part of, you know, your identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I try not to do that, but, but I like, I like just watching the screen and seeing people's lives go by and, and, and see what's up happening. With the Kardashians. Yeah. Keeping up. <laughs> just keeping up. <laughs> yeah, I, I love um, watching. There's an Instagram account. I think it's Kardashian clips and it's oh. like 20 clips from the Kardashians. And, um, yeah, I love watching it. I love it. Okay, watching. I'm going to need to subscribe to this. Yeah, it's good. Okay, good. Okay, next question. How do you re-energize after an emotionally draining day? Cold shower, 100%. Oh, okay. So you do it at, at night too? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. And, and believe it or not, it does not uh, keep you up. Mm. So how long did it take you to like, did you kind of like gradually get into it? Like how long did it take you to like really start liking it? I just read a study on cold water therapy and was like, oh, this isn't something that like you just do when your parents are punishing you no. or, or when, you know, your hot water heater has turned off. Yeah. It's actually beneficial. And I started, I went online and read people's, you know, reports of what it feels like to take a cold shower. And I was like, okay, I got to try this out. So I tried it out one day. I literally haven't missed a day. Oh, so you like got right into it and were like loving it right off the bat. Yeah, and that very week I posted a YouTube video on on it called Highly Recommended Cold Showers. Oh. And whenever that was posted, that was the week when I started. So I want to say back in 2011 or 2012. OMG. Yeah. I You're just, really doing it. Yeah, I love them. I, I so, love so it's actually a Kundalini thing too, like in Kundalini. Yeah. You're, there's like a certain like way that you're supposed to like do the cold shower. Like you massage yourself in like a clockwise motion starting from the top of your body. And like yeah. it activates like all your different nervous, you know, nerve nerves. I don't know. Yeah. So in Kundalini <laughs> yoga, um, which you mentioned, I study and teach uh, cold water therapy is called Ishnan. And mm. it's a practice uh, that it reinvigorates you. Um, yes. And you're supposed to, you know dry brush for your body first, yes. then put on oil, then get in a cold shower and massage your body, each body part um, under the cold water. And it's great. It's great. It's great. Again, just try it out. Even if it sounds yeah. crazy, or you think you don't like the cold, give it a shot a few times and see if uh, it, it helps your mood. It certainly helps my mood. And I've found that two things with cold, if, if you're going to do a splash of cold water, um, in the shower, put it on your face if you want anxiety reduction. And if you feel like you've had a draining day or you've picked up other people's energy or something has happened where you feel like energy is sort of stuck on you, uh, put it on your back between your shoulders and on your neck. Cause that's, I've found that's where, um, negative energy tends to stick on you. Interesting. I love that. I feel like in the shower, I always feel compelled to like let the water run like right on my heart. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like it just kind of like opens me up a little bit too. Yeah. Any of these tools that you use, um, it always helps if you have a visualization to go along with it mm-hmm. and you imagine yourself becoming calmer if the water's on your face or you imagine negative energy peeling off of you as the water hits your your neck visualization mm-hmm. also always 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 increase whatever spiritual tool you're you're using. Mm, I love I love. Okay, so many good tips already. I love you. So you're so inspirational. You've been you know you're like 
critically acclaimed and everyone kind of knows who you are and what you stand for, which is just really, really powerful. Tell us about your spiritual journey to get to where you are today. Well, thanks for that. I, I'm, I'm kind of an, an oddball because I didn't grow up in a spiritual family at all. Both of my parents are atheists. Uh, we had no spiritual uh, beliefs in our home. We never uh, went to a church or to a synagogue. Um, I live in New England, which is a pretty secular place. And, um, you know, we don't pray in school. And so I really had no spirituality around me. And the only time I was at a church was for a funeral or a wedding. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't deny, however, that since the age of three, I have had metaphysical experiences. And I've always felt guided by a presence greater than myself. Um, some people call it the universe or light or God. Um, I call it God at this stage on my path. Um, and I've always felt guided by this presence. I remember one day when I was about three or four years old, and yes, I, I do have this memory. Uh, and my mom has since confirmed it for me because I remember exactly what my bedroom looked like before we moved out when I was about five. Um, and I said, you know, was the bed on the left and there was a, a window to the right? My mom said, yeah, it's crazy how you remember that. One day I, I woke up and my grandmother lived in my house with me her whole, my whole life uh, until she died. And I woke up and I knew that my parents were away and that my grandmother was in the house, but I couldn't, but I didn't know where she was and I was in the crib. And suddenly I felt this, I started to panic because I, I didn't know where she was and I needed to get to her. And suddenly I felt this calming presence uh, say to me, not with words, but it was an energy and this presence all around me and inside me said, it's okay. Your grandmother is in the laundry room. I received that as like an energetic impression again, not with words. And so I felt so calm in that moment, my fear turned to faith and to trust and to love. And I climbed out of my crib and made the great odyssey all the way down, you know, three flights of stairs to the basement to uh, find my grandmother who is in the laundry room folding clothes. Oh my goodness. That is so wild. But and I, so, and you just like immediately like trusted and embraced it. And yeah, that I was being, that I'm always safe. I'm always guided and I'm always loved. Uh, even and especially when I feel most afraid or alone. Mm. And, you know, as I say that, I've said that this thousands of times before that yeah. last set. Uh, and every time I say it, it really makes me well up. It just made me well up saying that right now. I feel like that is the core of my message. It's the core of every video that I post, every Instagram that I post. It is the core, the core of my life and what I want to teach people. Mm -hmm. which is that you are always guided, you are always safe, and you are always loved, even and especially when you feel most afraid or alone. Mm -hmm. And my life experiences have showed me that over and over and over again. And it's true for me. And it's true for you and everyone listening. Yeah. So as you move through your journey, were there any times where you maybe slipped away from that? Or you kind of, you know, lost the faith a little bit? And how did you bring it back? You know, a lot of people do. And uh, I'm writing a book right now that will help people find that faith when they're in a dark moment. 
um, it's so funny. I, I'm, I'm welling up about my book now mm-hmm. because it does have that message. And, you know, when I've talked about the book with my editor and my agent, I, I will literally cry on the phone to them about, about the, the message of this book, which is finding faith when, when darkness has come and, and really establishing and, and maintaining a connection with your higher power. Um, for me, um, for me, hope has always been natural to me. Even when I've gone through hard times, I, I embrace the, the, I try to embrace the struggle or the wound or the pain, um, or the grief, uh, but I've, I've never lost touch. I've never lost touch. Um, and I think that's what um, led me to do this kind of work. Um, to do this kind of work, um, you need to have faith and hope because if, if, if you of all people don't have it as a spiritual teacher or writer, uh, then what hope do, does everyone else have? Yeah. You know, my friend Marianne Williamson was giving a talk at Harvard Divinity School I went to go see her and there were a lot of people who were not students at the school. Uh, and then there were, there was a huge section of people there who were current students at Harvard Divinity School. And a woman after Marianne's talk uh, raised her hand and asked a question. And she said, you know, with all that's going on in the world, I lose, I lose my, I lose my faith sometimes. Uh, what is your advice? How do I get it back? And Marianne in her, classic, uh, no bullshit eloquence, Mm -hmm. uh, said, can I ask you an honest question? Do you think that this is the right field of work for you? Mm. Because the people who are doing this work need to be the people who have faith and who have hope. Uh, and I thought that it was really powerful. It certainly took me, me aback. And the person who I, my, the friend who I went with looked at me and we both went, Oh shit. She really delivered it to. That was to, bold, yeah. <laughs> it's bold, but I think it's it's true, and and I mean, so true, yeah. In, even in the dark moments, I really have have, for, for, for I don't know for what reason, but I've always had a, a, a glimmer of hope. Um, I've yeah. always had my telephone line to God. Yeah, um, and I've used it, and it's enabled me to really actually sit with my pain and find the lesson in it. That's beautiful. Lesson, my, my, my little mantra to myself whenever I'm struggling is all things are lessons that God would have me learn. All things are lessons that the universe would have me learn. So true. And yeah. I love just like kind of embracing the curiosity of those lessons as well, rather than being like, oh, okay, like I'm doomed or this is, you know, you know, getting down on yourself, being like, what am I supposed to learn? And through that is where you find the light. Yeah. Life is, is, is the most important, you know, decision you'll have to make, um, is deciding whether this is a friendly universe or a hostile universe, Mm -hmm. deciding whether life is trying to trap you up, trip you up, or whether life is trying to help you and guide you to better places, better people, better choices. And I think we don't really realize how powerful we are and like how much we have a choice in that matter, you know, and how we get to choose to be a powerful creator that creates the alternative or creates the light. The alternative, yes. Yeah. I love that. So what is one tangible thing that you would suggest someone could do if they're kind of in a dark moment? Is there some kind of of like go-to 
um, practice that you do in the moment? Uh, a really powerful moment for me was after my a breakup that I had um, years ago. And it really was so extraordinarily painful for me because it was with someone who I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. And, um, and suddenly it wasn't anymore. And it felt like the floor of my life had fallen out from beneath me. Um, and I was, you know, coaching people on Skype during the day. Yeah. And going through my own serious suffering and pain and grief, it was really a loss made even more painful by the fact that it wasn't, you know, a physical death where the person was no longer here. Um, he was still here mm-hmm. and I couldn't reach him, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, breakups are really, really, really painful. And any grief, any pain that you have in your life, um, you do have to ask that first step question of a two-step, pro- of a three-step process. The first step is saying, what is this here to teach me? And my pain, my grief in that moment taught me about, about compassion. And it really carved open a space for me to be even more compassionate in my life and to understand the depths of, of grief and where it can bring people. And now whenever somebody you know, has a breakup, it's a beautiful moment when they talk to me because I know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can give them the, the strength and the compassion that, that I learned from the experience. And so it taught me many things. Uh, that's just one thing. Uh, but one day I woke up and I said, I said, I was, you know, it's 2 p.m. and I'm standing in my kitchen in my apartment crying. And it's been, you know, over a year since the bro- breakup happened. And I really said to God, to my higher power, you know, I've, I've been trying to learn all of these lessons and I don't, I just don't want, want the pain anymore. And I felt called to walk to the river in New York and I cried at the river. It makes me want to cry right now saying it, mm-hmm. but I cried at the river and I, I said that. I said, I've tried to learn. I've tried to learn from this. I, please take this pain away from me take this pain away from me. And I really, in that moment, felt like the water was carrying the pain away. Mm. And I wiped my tears off and I, I walked back to my apartment and fell asleep. And the next morning I woke up and there was a profound difference. Um, and and I, I, I never cried again. Um, mm. So, and, and, and I would say step three, once you do that, is to trust, is to really s- surrender and and then trust, trust that, that, the, that it's, you're being healed. You're being healed. That is so powerful. And actually it makes me realize that just asking for the guidance, asking for the support, asking God can make such like, that's the, the part that people don't really, they, they kind of take that for granted. They kind of, they don't realize that they're supported. Yes, they think yes. they have to do all the work. And I actually remember, it reminded me of when I was a young girl, probably eight or nine, I had OCD, but I didn't want to tell my parents. I had all these like little routines I would do, but I was afraid that my parents would be upset. So I didn't want to tell them. And I literally prayed it away. <laughs> And like, it totally changed everything. And Mm -hmm. that just goes to show you, like as a young 
child who feels like, okay, like I don't, I can't go see a psychiatrist without telling my parents, like, how do I deal with this? And it's literally can be that easy as like trusting and asking. Um, asking and trusting. So yeah. That, Cause that just, that just, I, it, that just totally triggered that memory for me. Yeah, it's I, the the problem. You know, the problem isn't that we ask too much of the universe; it's that no. we ask too little. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's crazy how so many of us will say, you know, I want this, I want this boyfriend, I want this job, yeah. I want this I dress, want the lottery. I want this, yeah, I want these <laughs> shoes, I want this bag. But then, when it comes to the more serious, deeper problems in our life, we don't think to ask for insight or for healing. Mm-hmm. We just scramble. To, to, to fix it. And it's almost like we don't think we deserve it. Like we think we have to change something in order to deserve it. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's the, the universe wants us to listen. Yeah. Um, and we don't, you know, all of our spirit guides want us to listen, but we don't. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, when spirit guides have been channeled by brilliant uh, psychologists like, Brian Weiss and and Dr. Michael Newton, um, they come through and say, we try and help, and it's it can be frustrating when when you don't listen. Mm-hmm. And so, just imagine the times when we're freaking out about a breakup or about a job loss or about a death, and our spirit guides are are screaming to us, you know, or yeah. saying loudly to us, "It's okay, it's okay." You're being guided. This is all part of the bigger plan. Trust, have faith, listen, listen. And we're running around going, why, why, what's yeah. going on? I need to fix this. I need to fix this. Um, so, so that's why it's good to do as A Course in Miracles says and spend five minutes with spirit in the beginning of the day so that spirit can be in charge of your, of your thought system for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. So what would you say, so in that breakup, what would you say was the one big thing that you had to learn? Oh, the beauty of grief Mm. and loss and how Mm. it's a gift and it's a master teacher. And when your heart, you know, if you can really open up to your suffering and allow it to move through you rather than trying to escape from it, it can open your heart. Um, in ways that can that can lead to greater joy in the future. Mm, and what tools? So, what tools would you use to like process the emotion? Because like you kind of hear people saying, "Oh, like you know, do the shadow work, sit with the darkness, like process it, um, rather than pushing it away." So, how would you recommend people do that? Um, I'm tempted to say something that may get me into hot water. <laughs> we're um, all, we're all about that here. <laughs> you know, I, but I'll say it for the first time Yeah. Um, because I already tell my private clients about the power behind this. Um, and I've referred people to the studies, uh, that have been done and continue to be done, uh, on the drug psilocybin, which is commonly known as magic mushrooms. Oh, okay. And you, there's a Johns Hopkins research study that said that reported that the vast majority of people, I think something like 85% of people who did a low dose of psilocybin w- w- had 
very positive spiritual experiences. Many, if not most of them reported that it was the single most spiritual experience of their life. Mm. And they reported decreased anxiety, decreased in, in, in depression. And the, and, and as I was saying, 85%, um, did had a positive trip and the people who did a large dose had had bad responses to it right so knowing that armed with that knowledge that scientific knowledge i uh have done small doses of psilocybin Mm -hmm. and really it was the single most transformational moment during that breakup because it allowed me to get in touch with my pain and to really go into the wound of my pain. Uh, and this was in my, mom, my mom's sunroom, you know, one night. Yeah. My family was in the house and they knew what I was doing and uh, it was very safe and I did it with the intention of, of healing. And I, I just listened to music with my, my own thoughts and was able to touch the wound um, and bring up the wound so that it could be healed. And it was a really beautiful, uh, beautiful, beautiful, positive experience in my life. And I say this not because, not just because I want people to open their minds about it, but because I, I strongly believe that it is ridiculous that uh, our government in America has made it a Schedule One drug like crack cocaine. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And, no. and, you know, you can be thrown in jail for it. Um, so I, so I, I, it is illegal. It's very illegal. It's mm-hmm. highly illegal. And you can potentially have a bad trip if you do too much of it, or you do it in a place that's not safe. Um, and, but, 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 I, but I'm, I advocate for more, it's the only psychedelic drug I've, I've ever done, mm-hmm. but I advocate for, for more open-mindedness and certainly for uh, support of continued studies on the efficacy of, of psilocybin in, uh, in treating anxiety, depression, and emotional pain. Mm, I wonder if there's any like guided places, you know, you can go to a shaman to do ayahuasca. Like, I wonder if they do that with mushrooms as well. Cause I feel like I'd be the person who would have the bad trip. <laughs> I would like need to be with a professional. No, I don't do drugs. I don't do drugs because I, yeah. I have a tendency. I'm already highly analytical. That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's why I've never done it. Cause I'm, I just, I'm worried that I would like go into this dark hole, but maybe, yeah, I'm wondering if there's a place that it could be guided. Cause I feel like ayahuasca is like intense. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good like stepping stone. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's, it's just so powerfully healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't bring you to those places unless you want to. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful. I mean, I haven't done it in, in years, but it's, it's really, really, really beautiful. And, and the fact that there are people out there suffering and, and taking antidepressants when they could be served by something completely natural that has no side effects yeah, uh, is, is, is amazing. It's amazing to me. And so I can't wait. I know the future will be that this sort of thing is, is commonplace and you'll be able yeah. to go to a doctor and have it standardized mm-hmm. uh, safe and not be doing anything illegal. And I, 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 I want to be one of the people that helps usher in that time. I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I, I think, especially with God, our medical system these days, um, we're ready for some shifts hundred percent. Yeah. Unfortunately it will be hard to, I think, make money on this. 
Um, whereas, you know, the sales of yeah. Prozac uh, and other oh, exactly. antidepressants and benzos exactly. like Xanax and Klonomy, there's a oh lot of money gosh. to be made. So follow, know. The, follow the cash. I know. It's so scary. It actually makes me like, it's it's like a very angry subject for me. I just, yeah. I just it makes me so angry, all the drugs that they're prescribing when there's so many other ways, like, it's a struggle. But yeah. with that, I would, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for sharing. Like, I love that you're so open about, um, you know, the dark times that you've been through and like the, the loss that you experienced and just that I love how, I don't know, it, you're clearly tapped into both sides of your heart, you know, the feminine and the masculine. So with that, I would love to just ask for like a, what, like, what are your takes on the whole Me Too movement and Time's Up and feminine, you know, the feminine rising and the divine feminine, the, the, sorry, the divine feminine that's coming into play right now. Um, what can you like share with the audience um, about your take on this? Well, I've, I, 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 I support, anyone who knows me knows that I support women Mm-hmm. And women are have been the most important people in my life, mm-hmm. uh, from my grandmother, uh, who is this was the single most powerful influence on my on my in, on my inherent spirituality. She mm-hmm. was she didn't talk about it, but she acted in a way that was deeply um, connected and guided. Mm-hmm. And so, from pe- women like. My, my grandmother, who was a single mom, who worked her ass off as a nurse until she was in her 70s. Um, it, it, she was the fairy godmother for me. Mm-hmm. She's a woman. My mother's a woman. My sister, who was my best friend growing up, uh, is a woman. Uh, her two daughters, her two young daughters, aged three and six, are women. Marianne Williamson, who's, who's one of my closest friends and, ha- and was my first real spiritual experience in reading a spiritual book. Mm. She's a woman. She's a strong, badass, eloquent, powerful woman who's oh. deeply connected to her heart. So there's so many people, women who I know and women who I've yet to meet are so powerful and I support women. Um, I think men, uh, men need to get a bit of a reality check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we're getting. And yeah. it's a reality check that everyone's getting. Like, whoa, I didn't know that this existed. I didn't know that this was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I support the Me Too movement. Um, I, I like the, the it's, it, it's not for me to really talk. I'm not a woman. I can't yeah. really, I, I can't really speak to the female experience, even though I feel like uh, I am, I am a woman and I am a man. Yeah. Uh, I feel that because of my experience as a queer man. Uh, but, and I, I experience it that way in my heart, but I can't speak to the lived experience of being a woman and having that. I will right. say that, you know, it, it's in, in many ways, the, it, those dynamics are at play in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at a, I was at a bar um, one weekend with my friends and this guy, this old, this older man was staring at me and he came over to, and he came over, he came over to me and made a pass at me. And I just smiled and looked the other way. Mm -hmm. And he came behind me and stuck his hand down my pants. Mm. And it was a moment where 
I was filled with a variety of emotions. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, pe- people, you can make passes at, at, at other people, but when you invade their physical space, for me, it was a real violation. And I felt what it felt like to be sexually violated yeah. in that way. And so I connect with the pain of many women who have experienced uh, a little less than that or way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it feels really violating. Um, and I think we have power in numbers when we come together and we speak from a place of strength and real authentic power. Mm-hmm. And there are some pockets in every movement, every single movement, whether you're talking about the civil rights movement, the gay liberation movement, uh, the women's lib movement, or the Me Too movement. There are, the, the, the vast majority have really great intents and they have a great approach and a great implementation of their message. And then there are some people who uh, may even have good intentions, but their implementation isn't delivering the message. Yes. Uh, and so I, I worry about that. And I've seen examples of that in the Me Too movement, just like in yeah. every other movement. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to speak from a place of power and empowerment and realize that, uh, that, if, that it's not about wrestling power from one another. Yeah. It's about empowering everybody. Yeah. And I think it's about showing like love and understanding on both sides. Like I feel like there's even a part of me that empathize, not with, not with the men that are like doing these terrible things, but that in men in general who are not raised in a way to protect women are not raised in a way to, you know, have that integrity. And it's like, it's society that has to make the big shifts together and in a loving way, rather than pointing pointing fingers and, um, you know, women hating men and none of that's going to work. It all has to come from a place of love. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you start understanding and you start listening and you really step inside other people's experiences and allow them to step into yours, Mm -hmm. um, then the the understanding uh, breeds empathy and empathy creates an evil play, even, even playing field for Mm -hmm. people. Um, yeah. But the grappling of power back and forth between people and the feeling that you need to shit on a group of people to yeah. get your group uh, in a better Ahead. position, yeah. it's, it's, it's an error in thinking. Yeah. And that too needs to be corrected. Um, yeah, and and I, listen, men have, have a, a, a lot of power, more power than, mm-hmm. than women. And I, don't, I, I obviously, with what I'm saying, don't think that that's fair. No. Um, but when it comes to fighting for anything, uh, when you, if you put understanding and empowerment uh, as a as your fa- as your foundation, uh, it, 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 the house won't fall down. So true. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing. I just love it, like having an outs like a non woman perspective, and I think that's so powerful. And I think men everywhere need to. I don't know. I just feel like the the feminine energy is going to be to a point where men are starting to open up more. And I think just continuing that conversation and, you know, as a responsibility for anyone in the public eye in any way, just continuing that conversation is so important. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. 
Well, this has been so lovely. I want to move into the segment called Manic Moments and Manifesting. Okay. Um, we are all human. We all have meltdowns at some point or another. So I like to talk about what was your last meltdown and what was the last thing you manifested? So I'll go first so that you can think about yours. Okay. But I literally cried today because my schedule is insanity. Like I just looked at my calendar for today. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I'm so tired. How am I going to do all this? And I'm always like preaching the ease and the flow. And I mean, for the most part, that's how I live my life. But you know, sometimes you just slip up a little bit, but what I've learned is not to schedule things back to back. Like I need an out, like usually I'm like, okay, so it'll take me 15 minutes to drive here. So I'll put 15 minutes there and then I'll, you know, and I do give a little bit of buffer, but I need, I'm amping up the buffer. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, good. That's really good. That's really good. And, you know, a, a big, huge tip for, for that is to, I was speaking with um, a, a, a woman who I coach this morning and she was feeling the same way that her work day and her work week has been so hectic. And she has, to, she had to go back to into work when she was done with our call and, I said, you know, look at the, take just a moment to look at the big picture, to look at, pull, pull, get a bird's eye view on your life and just, and just remember what really matters Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. If you can go to bed tonight knowing that you helped someone, um, then you can go to bed with some measure of peace in your heart. And that's what really matters. It's really simple at the end of the day. And just remembering that is a calming, soothing thought. Um, and it will create space for you in, in your day, I think. hundred percent. I yeah. love that. That's beautiful. Definitely going to take that, t- that bird's eye view tonight. <laughs> Good. Good. How, okay. So what was your last manic moment? Um, I would say I haven't had a meltdown in a while, but a manic moment, I think, uh, a manic moment for me, um, I, oh gosh, a manic moment. I would say that I'm trying to fill up airtime. Uh, <laughs> my manic moment, since you, you, you asked me, I'm like, what is my, what is a manic moment that, that I had? I would say, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to my, when it comes to certain relationships in my life, I can, get confused about, you know, where, where, where I should be uh, stronger and more uh, boundaried mm. and where I should be more open and, um, and, you know, free flowing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, th- that's just with, you know, a couple specific relationships in my in my life. And I think that that in and of itself is, is a beautiful lesson because it, it is sort of a, an art and you really have to learn over time um, that you can have an open heart and still uh, enforce boundaries. Mm-hmm. In fact, Brene Brown says that she found in her research that compa- all of the compassionate people uh, were also boundaried people. Um, it's, it's like, it's hard to, to be compassionate when p- 
people are shitting all over you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. If, you, if people are shitting all over you and you have, you're, you're saying yes to absolutely everything and then you expect to be a compassionate person, no, you're going to be bitter and resentful. Mm-hmm. And so you, you got to learn how, how that, how that uh, what that looks like in your life. Um, and I certainly am, have got, I'm getting so much better about it by realizing that no is sometimes the compassionate thing to say. Definitely. And I think the compassionate people are compassionate towards themselves as well. And that's why they enforce the boundaries because as much as they love and care for the people that, you know, in their lives, they love and care for themselves as well and know that boundaries are the way to go. Yep. Boundaries, boundaries, loving boundaries. You know, Danielle Laporte has like a mantra that's big heart uh, or or open heart, big fucking fence. Yes, exactly. Yes. I love that. Really, really choosing and deciding who you'll spend time with, what you'll spend time doing, um, and and saying no to the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so the last thing I manifested, this kind of my husband kind of manifested it, but I'm going for it. So I've been watching Gossip Girl and Real Housewives of New York, and we've I've just been like, I really want to go to New York. And we were just kind of like, just like joking around, like, yeah, let's manifest it. Like we have so many trips planned this year and we couldn't really think of where we would even slot it in or plan it. And we're like, let's just manifest it. And my husband won a Twitter contest. He's like obsessed with cryptocurrency and he's like all about XRP, which is like this one cryptocurrency. And he won a Twitter contest to go to this huge conference in New York uh, and like Snoop Dogg is performing. So no now we're way. going to New York next week. That's <laughs> so, amazing. I know. That's amazing. You're coming, you're coming to my favorite city right. on the planet. It's such a great city. I love New York. I love it. Yeah, love we're so, it's just so funny because I've been just fawning over it. Like I've been like craving it. And um, yeah, Twitter contest. That's amazing. You manifested it. Yeah. The universe works in amazing ways. That is amazing. That's amazing. Tell us about the last thing you manifested. The last thing I manifested, I would say is, um, is a bunch of amazing uh, coaching clients. Mm. Um, I really have found that, you know, the people who are a real great energetic match for where I'm at and, and, and my capacities to help and, and to help healing happen, um, they've, they've come to me. And I, I really think that the most, the most, one of the best feelings in life is to feel useful. And I think one of the reasons why people have such a tough time with their jobs is because they don't feel useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can find work that, that makes you feel useful, um, it will become fulfilling. And if you can allow other people to feel useful too by saying, wow, you did a really great job when they did a great job um, and share with them you know, why you think their work really matters and why it's great, um, you're giving them the gift of feeling useful. Mm, I, I would say that. that's, that's the last thing I manifested. Well, and I think what you were saying before too about looking at your life from that bird's eye view and being like, did I help anyone today? Yeah. Um, so especially in the, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual coach as well. And I, I go to bed knowing that, that, you know, the, what I'm putting out there and the people that I have in my life are there for a reason. And that's something 
that is totally manifested, like all the vibes that you're putting out there and all the amazing content and the amazing support you're putting out there. That's what's supporting you to bring these amazing people into your life as well. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. If you start focusing, stop focusing on what you look and sound like and start focusing on being truly helpful, your self-consciousness will fall away and you'll find yourself in, in a life that is far more aligned with, with a deeper purpose. Mm. All of our, everybody, everybody here, our purpose is to be truly helpful. Yeah. So if you just ask yourself, how can I be truly helpful today? Um, you'll, you'll, you'll find yourself guided to your next right action. I love that so much. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. So I know, so where can we, how can we like get more of you? I know you have like this really amazing meditation album. So how can we get that? And then how can we find you? Go to the bachbook.com slash meditation. Um, and you can download a free seven minute guided meditation, um, that will really calm you and bring you into a place of centeredness and a place of, of faith, uh, the feeling that you're guided, you're safe, and you're loved. Um, so that's at thebachbook.com slash meditation. I also have a bedtime mantras album on my website you can find there. And that is seven guided prayer. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a guided meditation album, seven prayers, one for each day of the week, aligned with the planetary energy of that particular day. I wrote those prayers when I was in the middle of that tough breakup, I was saying, because when I said the prayer, you know, how can I be truly helpful today? I said, uh, you know, I want to create something that comforts, that that speaks to the pain that I'm having right now. And that would serve as a comfort for people going through something similar or who just want to feel guided at the end of every day before bed. Mm. Um, and that's set to brainwave entrainment music that will help you, Delta Brainwaves, so it will help you fall asleep and, and stay asleep. And then follow me on Instagram because that's where like I, I have a lot of action going on. That's at Jordan Bach. Amazing. And you always post like some funny little quotes too. I always like screenshot them and save them. <laughs> yeah, I just post whatever I'm like feeling at the moment. Yeah. And so it's sometimes uh, a really good selfie. Sometimes it's a really deep quote. Sometimes it's some cheesy stuff because they say you are what you eat and I love yeah. my I love my brie and my love the dairy yeah <laughs> all about the dairy life yeah there you go there you go thank so you so awesome. much for having me thank you so much and yeah I'll post all the links and have an amazing day Jordan thank you bye everybody bye thank you so much for being a chill chakra girl and tuning in to chakra girl radio don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on chakras and on Amber Lee at thechakragirlco.com and follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at thechakragirlco. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.